Welcome to Jen's Lore Corner, a podcast focused on the lore in the Diablo series of video games. listening to Jen's Lore Corner. This is episode number 18. This episode is called By Three They Come. The video for Diablo 4 announcing that the game is being built, even though we don't know exactly when it's going to be released, was viewed for the first time at BlizzCon 2019. It's a really dark version of Diablo, which has already got a lot of dark in it. And it immediately captivated my attention the first time I saw it. And what I wanted to do was go through it little by little and see what lore I could pull out of it. So here's my thought process as I was watching the video and the lore that made sense to me based on what I was seeing. At the very beginning of the video, which I'm assuming all of you have watched possibly a few times by now, we hear the voice of a man who sounds like he's praying. It's hard to make out the words he's saying, but it sounds almost like a chant or maybe a prayer. It sounds like, the eternal light protects me. The camera then pans over what looks like an old church or a cathedral, and it's falling apart, looks like it's been abandoned, and four men run across the floor, away from demons that are trying to chase them and catch them and, I don't know, possibly eat them or kill them or both. Um, So they're running away. They're running for their lives. They don't have any time to notice that there is a distinct pattern on the floor underneath them. And I started wondering, what is that pattern? It looks vaguely familiar. If you look at the Book of Adria, which has a lot of really interesting art and a lot of those designs, as you see on the floors in the By Three They Come video, Some of the art in that book has very similar patterns to what you see, as I said, on the floors in the cathedral or whatever this thing is. We don't know at this point in the video. Adria was using those designs to mark the souls of lesser evils and prime evils for the purpose of trapping them all in the Black Soul Stone. If you've played through Diablo 3, there's at least one part where Leah gets reunited with her mother Adria And the daughter asks, hey, mom, where have you been all these years? And Adria basically says, oh, I've been marking the souls of the demons. Well, she was telling the truth. That's what she was doing. And we find out later in the game, Diablo 3, at least the original version before Reaper of Souls, why she didn't tell her daughter any more than that. I'll leave that there for now. So already it's kind of ominous. You know, you've got guys running away from demons. It looks like they're in a church. You've got this guy praying. It's very quick moving and visibly dark. Like you can't see much light in this at all. And it's also really creepy because you've got these things coming out and chasing men and all of that. Three of the four men in the video, they look kind of rough and tough. And one does not. And that turns out to be the person who was praying, which has later been revealed to be referred to as the cleric. And you can see this, um, Andrea Toyas, who is the person that does voice actor casting 
for Diablo and possibly other things as well. <laughs> Maybe World of Warcraft, I'm not sure, but Diablo I'm certain of. Recently posted a tweet where she pointed out a few of the voice actors that were the characters in, or the voice of the characters in By Three They Come, and the man who did the uh, voice of the character you hear at the very, very beginning was listed in that tweet or identified in that tweet as Cleric. So three of those guys, they're here for the treasure. They're hoping there's treasure in this church that looks abandoned and run down and falling apart that has demons in it, and I'm not sure at what point you would look at this and go, you know, there's probably nothing of value left in here, but they go ahead anyway. They're there for the gold. The cleric, as I'm going to call him from here on out, um, he's really injured. He's bleeding. He's being half carried by one of the men. The one that has like an eye patch and appears to be the leader of the party. He's like helping this guy along. But even so, I don't get the idea that they're friends. And the cleric keeps praying. He says, Blessed Akarat, by eternal light protects me, by divine. And he's kind of starting to fade because this man is bleeding out. The leader of the group, the man with the patch over his eye, talks to the cleric and tells him all the gold we want is right behind that door. He tells the cleric to read what's on the door and get them inside it. The cleric responds, I only came here for knowledge. So let's back up a little bit here with the lore. The cleric's been mentioning Akarat. That refers to, in Diablo lore, to Akarat the prophet. He's an influential figure in one of the oldest religions in Sanctuary. It's not the oldest religion, but that's a story for another time. The Book of Cain says that Akarat was a wandering ascetic from the rugged mountain land of Zanzai, north of Kedjistan. Akarat had a vision with a, quote, spectacular flash of light and energy cascading across the sky, end quote. Akarat attributed his vision to an angel named Yarius, which, according to the Book of Cain, means Son of Light. Akarat wrote that humans are bound together in a spectrum of cosmic radiance that was the foundation of existence itself. At some point later, Akarat disappeared into the jungles of Kedjistan and was never heard from again. But his message lived on because he did talk to people about this vision that he had. And so later, the people that were following what Akarat had told them decided to name the religion Zakarum. And according to the Book of Cain again, that word meant those who followed the ideal of Zakara, which means the inner light. Akarat didn't name this religion, but his followers did. So that's where the Zakarum church or religion or whatever you want to call it comes from. And there's more to it than this, but I can get into that into a separate lower corner. But from this, we know that the cleric is a follower of the Zakarum faith. He calls upon Akarat to bless him. He believes he's about to die. He's bleeding a lot. There's monsters chasing them. He doesn't know how to get them in the door. It's reasonable for him to think he's about to die. And that's why he's calling on the deity he believes in or at least the founder of the religion he believes in. It's kind of unclear, but you get the idea. So the three rough-looking guys, they turn around and they start fighting this gigantic horde of demons, and the cleric struggles to get up and starts reading the door. 
He tries to get up, he kind of stumbles and leans against the door and says, Oh, light, help me. So he's referring to the Zakarum faith, with which Akarat started by the light. You'll hear some characters in Diablo 3 say that sometimes. And it kind of indicates that they're followers of Zakarum or something similar to it, depending on the timing, I suppose. So the cleric gets up, and he's trying to read the carvings on the door. And he says, By three they come, by three thy way opens. He starts reading the next sentence, which mentions something about blood, and he mumbles it, and it's kind of hard to hear exactly what he's trying to say. He looks down, and he sees the drops of his own blood have fallen onto another very detailed carving, different from the one that they ran across on the way in at the start of the video. And it's got circles and a thing in the middle that can turn, and it's obviously someone took a lot of time to not only decide what this symbol should be, but to also carve it into the floor and have all the mechanisms work because parts move. This is an important thing. And the cleric notices that some of his blood is dropping on that and causing the pieces to turn. So let me back up a little bit here. In the Book of Adria, it shows, as I said, a specific design that she created in order to trap the souls of each of the individual lesser evils and greater evils into the Black Soul Stone. They were all different. They were all unique for that particular one. And creating them involved blood. This should not be a surprise with Adria if you know nothing about her other than you have to fight her in Diablo 3. You may notice that the blood golems you have to fight to get to her were created from her blood. When you finally find her, she's a monster and she's got a pool of blood behind her. All this blood stuff is really tied into these rituals that have to do with summoning demons, although I don't think the ones in this church are exactly the kind of summoning or marking that Adria was trying to do. All right, so moving on. So the cleric looks down, sees his blood dripping onto this carving. Some of the parts are moving, and he realizes that blood is the key. He turns around and yells at the other three men, blood is the key, starts trying to explain to the rough-looking guys. Two of them run over, but the leader stays and tries to fight off a horde of demons all on his own. And so the barbarian kind of gets what's going on. He slams his hand on one of the circles and starts bleeding and starts uh, pulling into the center of this design. It moves again in the very center portion a little bit, and then the guy that I'm going to call a rogue, because I think he kind of looks and acts like one, or a thief, the same, slams his hand down on another circle in the carving, and the cleric puts his on a third circle. So you've got three guys with their hands on the circle in this carving, donating their blood, and it works. It opens the door. What these three men don't understand is they are enacting a ritual. It may be the start of a bigger ritual. It may be a, a separate ritual from what comes next. But that's what they're doing, and they have no idea. Now, you can't really blame them. Because, first off, we don't have any idea that the three guys that are there for the treasure have any religious affiliation at all whatsoever. They may never have come across any of this stuff. No idea. The cleric says do this, they're doing this, they're trying to get to the treasure. The cleric probably has a little idea that this is something powerful at this point, but like I said, there's a horde of demons coming to kill them that one man is trying to hold off on his own. 
They don't know for sure how quickly they can get the door open. This cleric guy has been bleeding for a while. He's probably a little lightheaded. They don't know what they've done at this point. Okay, so the door opens. The three men rush through it. The cleric turns around and sees that the leader is probably going to die because there's a horde of demons surrounding him and doesn't seem like there's anything he can do to fight them off on his own. He seems doomed. The cleric wants to go and save him, despite the fact that he is, in fact, like bleeding to death, possibly right there. And the other two men stop him. The thief says something to the effect of that gold splits better by three than by four anyway. They don't care that this other friend of theirs is about to die, and they cause the door to close. So now they're in a room, another big room, with another intricate design carved into the floor. This one has circles and triangles and all these strange-looking symbols, and there are three pillars placed in like a triangle shape. The barbarian, who appears to be getting sick of all of this, pretty much throws the religious man, the cleric, into one of the pillars and demands he starts reading it. So he tries. He says, By three they come, by three thy way opens, by the blood of the willing, hail, hail the creator, hail the daughter of, and he stops right there because it dawns on him what this is they've gotten into. And he starts saying, No, 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 no. And The other two guys don't care about the meaning of this. They just want the gold. So the barbarian kind of pushes this cleric up against one of the pillars and wants to know where to find the coin, where to find the gold. And the poor cleric guy is going, this is forbidden. This is a summoning. I cannot speak this. And he's trying very hard to make it clear to these other two guys that they've walked into something really bad. He knows if he finishes speaking this ritual, something horrible is going to happen, and he might maybe have some clue that it's going to be a demon, but I'm not sure how much he knows beyond that, because we don't really get to hear a lot about his thoughts at this point. So the barbarian demands to know what is this place, and the cleric's not sure. He says, I don't know. Maybe it's a temple, or it's a tomb, or... He's interrupted by this majestic voice spoken by someone the viewer of the video cannot see and the men cannot see, who says it's a gate. These three men are in what's left of the Temple of the Triune. To make a very long story short, the Temple of the Triune was also called the Cult of the Three. It was formed by the primevals on Sanctuary for the purpose of enslaving humanity. There's more to it than that, but again, I'm going to get into some of the religion stuff about Sanctuary in some upcoming episodes. But at the time when this was going on, this was very early in Sanctuary, and people thought that they were worshipping three benevolent gods. There was Dialon, the spirit of determination, represented by a ram. Bala was the spirit of creation, represented by a leaf, and Mephis was the spirit of love, represented by a red circle. So the people of Sanctuary that came to the Temple of the Triune thought they were worshipping really good gods, but it was all a lie. The people were unwittingly worshipping the primevals. Dialon was Diablo, Lord of Terror. Bala was uh, Baal, Lord of Destruction. And Mephis was Mephisto, the Lord of Hatred. The Temple of the Trion, when it was first started, was led by Lucian, who is the son of Mephisto. And then later Lilith, the daughter of Mephisto, disguised herself as Lucian and took over. 
And that's all you need to know at this point in order to understand what's going on in the video. Another little side point that relates to the video but in a different way. When this video was released, Season 18 in Diablo 3 was alive, and the theme they gave that season was the season of the Triune. It included a buff that produced three different circles on the ground. One was red, one was blue, I think, and one was green. So you had the Triune of Love, which was power, gave players a damage bonus. Triune of Determination gave a 50% discount on resources spent, so it reduces resources uh, requirements. The Triune of Creation had a cooldown reduction that enabled skills that were on cooldown to come off cooldown faster. So little did we know it, but the entire time we were playing through Season 18, Blizzard was giving us this really big clue about what was going to come, not only at BlizzCon 2019, but with Diablo 4. Okay, so going back to where we left off in the video here, the mysterious voice speaks, the thief gets pulled away by mysterious forces and ends up upside down, connected to one of the pillars, and things get really disturbing from here. I believe that this portion of the video, if not anything before, this stuff for sure from here on is absolutely not for kids. And that's why Blizzard had a sign notifying people that before BlizzCon started. So the mysterious voice that said, it's a gate, continues with, and blood is the key. And what happens next is both the thief and the barbarian end up hanging upside down, stuck to the top of two of the three pillars in the room, and they start bleeding in an incredibly grotesque way that can't possibly have been pleasant. Then, uh, while this happens, um, before they actually end up on top of the pillars, the leader of the group, who is obviously dead, starts, you know, he appears in the room, and he kind of starts fighting with one of them, but the outcome is, is exactly what I just said. And then the figure that was the dead leader of the group sort of morphs and there's an entirely different person standing there. Now, who is this guy? Now, I'm going to describe him. I'm sure you've seen the video, but what I saw watching the video was here's this really pale guy. He kind of looks like a little bit purplish. He's wearing a robe. He's got this big collar, and he's got a really majestic voice. He's kind of creepy. My initial thought was, is this Zoltan Cool? Because I couldn't see how that would fit. Zoltan Cool, as we've seen throughout uh, Diablo 3, is very direct. He gives you enough clues to let you know that he's not going to help you, and as a player, you should be able to pick up on them at least your second run through the storyline of the game, if nothing else. He's out for himself. This guy seems to have a different purpose. He's trying to do something that might just benefit him, but that's unclear at this point. So we have this guy here, and I'm going, who is this? So now we've got the cleric, and he's still, you know, up against the third pillar and on the floor, and he's freaking out, as of course you would in this kind of situation. And the mysterious voice guy says, From the abyss we seek thy salvation. Now, here's a quick lesson about Sanctuary for those that don't know, and I will get into this much deeper in upcoming episodes of Lore Corner. It was created by Inarius, who was a renegade angel, and Lilith, who was a renegade demon. The two decided to opt out of the Sin War and create a place that neither Heaven nor the Burning Hells could find, and they recruited a bunch of other angels and demons to come along with them. 
The angels and demons got together and made babies, and that was the first group of Nephilim. The first, very first group was extremely powerful. At some point, Anarius, uh, who is, well, if, if Lilith is the mother of Sanctuary, as they're kind of referring to her, then Anarius is the father. But it's sort of a misnomer. It's not, really, not entirely correct because all the other angels and demons on there were making babies as well. That's why Reaper of Souls works, is because all of the humans on Sanctuary come from both a mixture of angels and demons. Okay, so without doing a whole thing on Sanctuary in this episode... Anarius decides that the Nephilim are too powerful, and he thinks, maybe I should kill them. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Because he's concerned that maybe it would upset the balance between the high heavens and the burning hells and the, you know, the war that's been going on for eternity that all of the angels and demons that went to Sanctuary were trying to get away from. And Lilith definitely had an opinion about that. She decided that the best thing to do was to slay all the other angels and demons in an effort to save the Nephilim her child, as well as the other ones. Anarius finds out about this, and he just could not bring himself to kill Lilith, because Lilith and Anarius were in love at some point. Not all relationships last. This one didn't either. So instead of killing her, he banished her to avoid. Not avoid her. Literally a void. A empty black space that she couldn't get out of. It was called the Black Abyss. And she was trapped there. Okay, so going back to the video, the guy with the majestic voice starts saying from the abyss we seek thy salvation by three they come by three thy way opens by the blood of the willing and he walks into the center of the design on the floor between all the pillars and finishes by saying we call thee home so who is this guy now after thinking about what i know of diablo lore what i've shared with you in here this person is lenarian this is the son of Anarius and Lilith. He was the very first Nephilim. His name is a mixture of his parents' names. In short, Anarius discovers that Lilith killed all the other angels and demons. He banishes her. He then decides that he's going to go ahead and try to slaughter the Nephilim. Well, Lenarian actually tried to protect some of the Nephilim and gather them up and all of this stuff. Possibly because of this, Lenarian hates both of his parents. And he eventually uh, met up with Tregul and became the first necromancer. Tregul gave him a new name, which I'm sure he was happy to have since he must have hated... If you hate your parents, you don't want to be named a mixture of their names. So Tregul gave him the name of Rothma. So this is Rothma. This is the first necromancer. That's what Tregul helped, now, now named Rothma, helped Rothma to become. That's who this is in this video. It could only be him. There's nobody else that would know what the Triune Temple was, where it was, what it needed, or how to summon Lilith. Because at some point, Inarius banished Lenarian to the same abyss that Lilith was in. Now, he escaped story for another time, and I'm going to assume in the process that he figured out how to get his mother back. But why would he want to do that? Well, there's a few reasons. We know Diablo 4 is set far in the future of the end point of Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls. We don't know how far. We know that the heavens have been closed off and the angels aren't coming to help anyone on Sanctuary anymore. 
We know that the Burning Hells are not closed, and some of the demons are possibly running around. They were released after Malthiel was killed, and he had the Black Soul Stone with all the souls in it. All of those escaped. We don't know for sure where any of them are. It's going to be an interesting game whenever it gets released. But necromancers, their purpose isn't just to raise skeletons and be creepy. Their purpose is to restore the balance. So if you have a sin war going on where neither side really wins for very long, that's balanced. Right now, it looks like the angels have opted out of all of this. They're definitely not talking to anybody on Sanctuary anymore. And everything on Sanctuary has gone to ruin. And it's like the worst possible existence ever in Sanctuary. So Rathma is the first necromancer who has apparently retained his powers, or most of them, wants to restore the balance. How is he going to do this? Well, he knows that the at least some of the demons from the Burning Hells are running around Sanctuary and causing problems and hurting people. Who might want to protect those people if the angels aren't going to? Well, Lilith has a history of protecting the Nephilim. Bring her back to Sanctuary and you can restore the balance. At least a little. Or maybe that's what he's hoping. And I think this makes sense with the lore of Diablo if you followed through all of that. Now, looking at this, it seems like Rothma here has become pretty darn evil. I mean, he's got these two guys. He left one guy to die, borrowed his body to freak out his friends, stuck those two guys on a pillar and uh, bled them out in a really grotesque way that's seen in the video. And that sounds pretty evil until you realize those guys probably weren't very good to begin with. You know, they're dragging a cleric through a church. They're not concerned about the well-being of anyone but themselves for the most part. They don't care the cleric's bleeding out. They're not listening that what they're trying to make the cleric say is going to cause bad things to happen. They're just focused on gold. And I have a feeling that this is possibly how they have spent much of their lives. So maybe those three were evil. Or leaning towards evil. Maybe they were more demon than angel. But the cleric isn't. He's knowledgeable. He's careful. And Rothwa can see this because he doesn't torture this man to death as he did the other two. He calms him. He might have sort of bewitched him a bit, but he makes him calm. Rothma reminds the cleric that knowledge is here. The knowledge you seek is here. Something to that effect. Calms him down. The cleric's expression changes. His body relaxes. Rothma instructs him to continue saying the words that he didn't want to say when the barbarian was pinning him against one of the pillars. And instead of being flung against the pillar, the cleric is sort of gently floated up and turned over, and it appears he's not feeling any pain. He doesn't seem to be afraid. Rathma was... I mean, he's killing the cleric, but he's doing it in a much more gentle way than he did with the other two guys that he clearly didn't like, and probably weren't very good people to begin with. So there's a bit of a balance in there. Maybe that's a stretch, but that was my interpretation of this. He could have just slayed the cleric anyway, right after he said the words. He didn't need him beyond that point, but he wasn't... He wasn't going to torture that guy like he did the other two. So, their blood joins, Lilith comes out of this blood portal, and that's kind of where the video ends. So from this, and from what we've seen at BlizzCon with uh, this video, a 
cosplayer that was dressed as Lilith who was walking around and the statue of Lilith that was at BlizzCon 2019 and a smaller version that you could purchase, we know Lilith is a big part of this game. My interpretation of this isn't that Lilith is the big bad that we have to fight. I think she's there to protect the Nephilim, which would mean the player characters as well. So what are we going to fight? We don't know for sure. I think there's been some indication that at least the three primevals are going to be there. We know Duriel's in the game. There's been a gameplay video released with Duriel. There's been some art about Andariel. That's two of the lesser evils that I talked about in a previous episode. But I don't think Lilith is the big bad, and that's really odd considering everything about her that we know from all of the lore in the game. So this one's probably a little bit long. Hopefully I didn't ramble on too much about this, and I have left some loose ends with things about religion and things about the Sin War and and all this other stuff, but that's what I think was going on in the video. Now recently, Riker made a video about the lore, and I'm not going to repeat everything he said. He noticed there was a leak that was found with a screenshot of the priest figure or whatever he was, And it was tagged Rothma. So I think, as Riker said, this pretty much confirms that's Rothma in the video. This brings us to the end of this episode of Jen's Lore Corner. Find more episodes on Book of Jen at bookofjen.net.